0: This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Episodes discuss topics that may be triggering to some, such as sexual violence, domestic violence, and murder. If you are in need of support, please visit societyofsoundpodcast.com slash resources for a list of nonprofit organizations that can help. References and source material can be found in the notes of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Society of Sound podcast. I hope you all enjoyed last week's episode when I took a deep dive into the music and lyric analysis of Angèle's song, Balance Ton Croix. This week, as I mentioned last time, I'm going to analyze the music video of Balance Ton Quoi. So did you watch it? <laughs> if you didn't, it's chill, but if you did, I hope that you had a great time watching it. Many of you are probably like me and love to watch music videos. I think they're so entertaining and typically have a lot of action packed into such a short amount of time, and they often seem to uncover a part of a song that you might not have been able to notice just from listening. So let's jump into it. Let's get started with the analysis. I hope you enjoy. The song quote music video was released on april 15th 2019 on youtube and this was super cool for me because i had already decided at this point that i wanted to research this music and then the music video came out not too long after so i felt like it was a sign that i should study it and not even like a supernatural sign but just that Well, it's actually so important and impactful to be researching music and culture's perception of that music in real time as people are learning of it and as it it is affecting their lives. You get a perspective that you can't quite get while researching in hindsight, at least in my opinion, and sometimes you can get that perspective without even knowing that you're getting it, like, without even knowing that it's happening, because it's basically just real life happening in front of you. So, basically, I felt really lucky to be researching this music in France and at the time that this music video was released, because it made quite a buzz. I mean, it received over 2 million views within just the first 24 hours, and this seemed to be a point at which the French public seemed to really understand what Angelle was singing about in her music. I'm going to say right out front that I find the most important part of this music video to be its popularity and accessibility. So on the part of popularity, it has 95 million views today, almost two and a half years after the release of the video. And you know how I said that the French public started to really understand the meaning behind the music? Well, they understood what she meant not by chance or on accident, but the message behind the music was laid out pretty explicitly in many ways. First off, English subtitles were added to the video. Like, it's not that function on YouTube where you can opt in or opt out of subtitles, it's just automatically there in her video for every viewer to see. This is probably due to the fact that Angela is from Belgium and that many people speak English there, so she's trying to kind of like you know make it accessible to her audience and her market but it also seems to be there to disseminate the message behind the music and the video to a larger audience by creating a song within the pop music genre and creating a hit video with this level of success and popularity and by making the message accessible not only just through subtitles but through other ways too which I'll tell you about soon. She's making Feminist Demands well-known and listened to by a large audience. I mean, I think most of you listening are English speakers and you can watch this video and understand the humor and the message behind it because these English subtitles are added along. Anyway, so my point is, (laughs) success and popularity and accessibility through the message being laid out explicitly. And you know, being in the pop music genre, these elements are really important. Angel said in an interview with NRJ two weeks before the release of this music video that she believes that quote feminism has to become popular in order to impose its ideals to the public end quote. I truly feel that this statement sums up Angel's impact on this movement. Popularity is often a key to success, and Angel aids this movement in this way through her own popularity. Angel has created this masterpiece of a music video with the work and creativity of many other people besides herself. One of the most notable of these people, in my opinion, is Charlotte Abramov. Angel has been working with Abramov since the beginning of her career as a pop artist. Abramov directed the music videos for La Loi de Murphy and Je Vaux as well as a few others, and she, she seems to be a good collaborator for Angele in how she visually conveys the humor and the satire that is at the heart of Angel's music. She also uses very bright colors in her work, which I feel is pretty playful, similar to Angel's playful writing style. Charlotte Apremeux is also known for her photography that explores topics such as femininity, gender, sexism, sex, and sexual cons- consent. She did a photo campaign for the Netflix TV show Sexual Education, just to give you an idea for her style. So with all of that background, it makes so much sense to me that she was chosen for interpreting the message of Baron en Croix and, you know, being chosen to make it into a music video. In this video, Abramov takes Angel's feminist position and talent for humor and crafts a visual representation of the judges and teacher and activist tones that I mentioned that Angel employs in singing Quorum." The Croix. Judge, the judge's somewhat serious tone becomes visual during the parts of the music video that are set in a courthouse. Angel takes the role of a judge while other characters go on trial for being sexist. The costume designer Barion Brule adds to the humor of the song by dressing Angel in an extremely oversized judge costume. The courtroom is full of bright colors and diverse groups of people. Epimov uses a rapid montage of several people of various ages, genders, and races sitting in the seat of the accused in order to show how everyone is guilty of sexism and how it is built into our societal structure. Even Angel herself makes an appearance in the seat of the accused to acknowledge that she is also a part of the problem. So this kind of reminds me of how she admits that she is also obsessed with social media culture in her song, La Tune, that I mentioned a few episodes ago. At one point, the people in the seat of the accused mouth along to the lyrics, « Pour une fille belle, t'es pas si, belle, pour une drôle t'es pas si which again means, for a beautiful girl, you're not so stupid, and for a funny girl, you're not so ugly. And as they mouth these words in the seat of the accused, it seems to me as if they are being put on trial for saying such things. And then the following scene features Angel now in civilian clothes, no longer in her judge costume, walking up to them singing, oh, tu parles de moi, c'est quoi ton problème? And at this point, it seems to me that Angel uses these lyrics to speak to a public that treats her in sexist ways, and it also removes her from the judge's role for a minute in order to show her as any other girl who has been a victim of sexism or sexual violence. other tone that we talked about last week is the educational tone or the teacher tone. And this tone becomes apparent in the video as the rest of the video is set in an imaginary beautiful place called the Anti-Sexism Academy. I sure do wish a place like that existed in real life. (laughs) Um, The entrance to this Anti-Sexism Academy is an arched gate that reads Anti-Sexism Academy, welcome to everyone. Assigned to the left reads, to promote gender equality, founded in 2018. (laughs) Two women stand in front of the gate, guarding it with two fake guns. One of the guns is labeled empathy in big letters and the other one is labeled communication. We are introduced to this scene as we hear the line, Un peut-être, ça changera, which again means one day, maybe things will change. This scene establishes the stance that feminism is for everyone. It calls for equality of men and women. It was founded in 2018, not only because the song was written in 2018, but also because of how Angel calls out 2018 in her lyrics, as I mentioned last week. You know, in the part where she says... So it is a call to action for 2018 to be a time in history when progress towards gender equality becomes reality. What I find to be really funny or clever about this scene is or are the guns labeled as empathy and communication. In my thesis, I wrote that this demonstrates that Um, Angel believes that education is the best way to eradicate sexism and that she believes that empathy and communication are parts of this education philosophy, encouraging people to understand and convey the issues of sexism and how to end it. And I think there's some validity in that, in what I wrote, but... What I also wrote, and what I think might be more accurate, is that the use of empathy and communication is also an allusion to the concept of fragile masculinity, which has become a pretty popular concept in feminist movements, and I think that it has also become a pretty pop culture feminist ideal. From an academic perspective, though, fragile masculinity is defined by the Wright Institute as, quote, the constellation of socially regressive male traits that serve to foster domination, the devaluation of women, homophobia, and wanton violence, end quote, and is tied to social norms in which, quote, boys and men are shamed for expressing any genuine feelings except for anger, end quote. So in other words, it is the idea that boys and men are conditioned to present themselves as masculine, and macho and are taught to feel uncomfortable with their emotions. Empathy and communication are visually acknowledged in this video as a way to enable men to acknowledge their emotions and to get rid of their chauvinist conditioning. The use of gun imagery is kind of interesting because it evokes power and destruction. And it's kind of ironic labeling these guns with delicate words like empathy and communication. But in doing so, and in, in labeling these guns with these words, with empathy and communication, it places power in femininity and implies the destruction of fragile masculinity. So, this presentation of the Anti Sexism Academy lays the ground for the argument that empathetic and communicative education is the best method to combat sexism. So, as we enter the gates to the academy, the camera enters a window where Angela is teaching a circle of students in a Socratic style seminar type of way. She has the question written on the chalkboard, "What if she says no?" A poster hangs in the room that reads, "Love sex, hate sexism." Another poster is a timeline of women's history and women's rights. And another features the Fist logo that symbolizes resistance encircled by a gender sign that includes all genders. Everyone in the room is clad with white shorts, socks, sneakers, and sweatshirts. And then the sweatshirts have Anti-Sexism Academy written in large purple font on the backs and the fronts. Some people are wearing purple polos that have feminist in training, embroidered in white in the upper left breast. As I watch this video, the first God knows how many times, I began wondering if these colors were significant. So I decided to do some research, and it turns out that these colors are very significant. Purple is a color that has been recognized internationally internationally as a symbol for women. It comes from the historical combination of purple, green, and white that was used to symbolize gender inequality by the Women's Social and Political Union that was founded in the United Kingdom in 1908. The color green is also very present in this classroom scene, as all the chairs in the Socratic circle are green, as well as the big chalkboard in the background is bright green. I found in my research that the Women's Social and Political Union chose purple to signify justice and dignity, green to signify hope, and white to signify purity. The inclusion of white as signifying purity has become controversial since 1908. um, Since purity is often commonly seen now as a sexist expectation of women to save themselves for when they'll belong to their husbands, as if they're, you know, kind of an object to be possessed or a good to be used. For this reason, the inclusion of white in the Balance Croix music video might have simply been a choice for a neutral color and not really meant to be referenced to purity at all because since, you know, it's a video created by a very modern contemporary artist and um, a song created by the same type of artist, I don't think that they would really be promoting this ideal of purity. It's kind of an antiquated view of women. But anyway, it could also be that the combination of these three colors in the music video symbolizes a nod to the women's social and political union and to all of feminist history. These colors act as a paying of respects, kind of, to all of the women who fought for equality in 1908, and all of the women who have fought before Angele, before the hashtag Baron movement, before 2018, you know, for forever we've been fighting. It's a timeless movement, sadly. The poster of the timeline of women's history and women's rights has the same function. All of these details in the setting, all of these posters that I mentioned to you, create a space that emphasizes justice, dignity, hope, The creators of this video have produced a space where all are equal, and all are ready to listen to the teacher, Angel, who is, in turn, ready to listen to them patiently and teach them how to end sexism. It is a place that acknowledges feminists of the past and establishes hope for feminists of the future. Sounds like a beautiful make-believe fairyland, doesn't it? The scene that ensues in this place, however, displays a very comical enactment of blatant sexism. I love this part of the music video, it is my favorite part of the video, it just makes me laugh every time. So it features two French actors, Pierre Ninet and Antoine Guy. The music stops once the camera enters this scene of the classroom, and Angelle asks everyone if they have understood the lesson that she just taught them. Now remember, what's written on the chalkboard is, what if she says no? So it's like preparing men, you know, if a woman that they're trying to have sex with says no, what do they do? So anyway, um, Angel asks everyone in the Socratic style circle if they have all understood the lesson that she just taught them. So Pierre Nene's character raises his hand, looking throughout the rest of the circle for approval, and says, sorry, I just want to go back to a point that isn't quite so clear. When a girl says no, I get the impression that often she means, and then Angel cuts him off by saying, it means no, in a patient manner. Nene's character replies, no? Oh, okay, okay, right, not that simple. You know, you really have to understand it. Antoine Goy's character begins saying See, what I've understood is but then Nini's character cuts him off again saying sorry, I have to interrupt you, it's just that I have a second point. When a girl is sleeping, you you don't know really if you can, if you can't, so I think that maybe in doubt you can try and then Angel cuts him off and says no no, let her sleep. If she's asleep, you let her sleep. Then Guy's character then shouts, And not think that we can impose our own desire, like you said, addressing Angel in a way that makes him sound kind of like a teacher's pet. Then Angel replies in her patient teacher tone and says, Yes, very good, Tobias. No need to shout, but very good. Nini's character then says, Yeah, no need to shout because we are all here. We can hear you just fine. Nini and Goya's characters then start bickering incessantly. All the while, in between these two men sits a poor elderly old woman, and they just continue to argue over her as if they don't even notice that she's sitting there at all. Then another woman in the circle remarks, "'Guys, guys, calm down. I think what you're trying to say is,' but she can't finish because Nini and Goya's characters then cut her off again by saying, "'Oh, no, no, no shut up. Be quiet.'" The men proceed to talk to each other saying, why does she have to butt in all hysterical like that? It's crazy. Oh yeah, where were we? Oh yeah, we were talking about desire. And then Nini and Goy's characters high-five each other. So, (laughs) I don't know if you could understand all of that comedic performance by my reenactment of it. But hopefully you've actually seen the scene. And that you've enjoyed it. I just, as I hope you agree that it's hilarious. But anyway, this comedic performance of these two actors garnered a significant amount of attention from the public. Mostly because they're famous comedians, but also it's just a really hilarious scene. Their display of blatant sexism, although it was pretty comical, was actually sadly relatable to many viewers. I mean, I'm sure you can understand YouTube commenters expressed their appreciation for how the scene exemplified and denounced unacceptable behavior. One commenter wrote, Franchement, bravo. Et Pierre qui joue tellement bien le macho, bravo. C'est quali que ça dénonce bien certains comportements. Which is well done. And Pierre who played macho very well, well done. It is quality and it really denounces certain behaviors. So people are... I don't know, they feel understood. It's pretty cool. This scene confronts issues of sexual assault and consent as Angel tries to teach her class what to do if a woman says no. It also confronts chauvinism, displaying how Nene and Goy's characters fight to be the alpha male, as well as how they refuse to listen to the woman in the circle who was trying to use um, communication and empathy to help end the argument. Nini and Goy's characters are made to look like fools and are used as a tool to demonstrate the stupidity of sexism and chauvinism. In other scenes throughout the video, we see the education at the Anti-Sexism Academy take place in other forms. One of these clips is of various demonstrations of sexism so that people can see it for what it is. These demonstrations are performed under a fluorescent sign that reads, how to spot sexism. One demonstration features people groping women on a bus. Another is of angel wondering if her skirt is too short. In another scene, a white man, a white woman, and a black woman sit in a line, wearing identical suits and typing on identical laptops. There's a sack with a dollar sign sitting in front of each of them. The one sitting in front of the man is the largest, the one sitting in front of the black woman is the smallest, which signifies unequal pay, and also addresses intersectional feminism because it doesn't only address the um, inequalities between genders, but it also um, talks about inequalities between races and how the, you know, how race and gender intersect, create deeper um, problems or or just further inequality and poor treatment. Anyway, the next scene shows a woman who is trying to carry a mass of oversized objects like a clock, an umbrella, kids' toys, many other objects, and above her is a sign that reads "la charge mentale," which translates to mental charge, which. I had never heard of before seeing this music video, so sorry if you all know what it is already, but I didn't. So I looked it up. I looked up what mental mental charge, whatever, mental charge, and it refers to how women are culturally conditioned to be the managers of the family and of the home. And I found this to be super interesting, first off just that a music video could teach me something that was completely new to me, even though I've studied gender politics and theory pretty extensively, which means that all the other topics mentioned in this video are probably awakening a lot of people who need to be awakened. Anyway, another scene features different types of underwear on a chalkboard. One set of underwear is bloomers, the other is a thong, and the other is a thong with garters. Although each pair is different, each one is labeled with the word respect, signifying that no type of underwear warrants sexual harassment or sexual violence. No matter what a woman wears, she deserves respect. So, all of these scenes demonstrate the sexism that women endure on a daily basis. These demonstrations are meant to maintain the educational tone that is taken in the song, but it also educates the audience of the music video about these injustices. I mean, heck, as I said, it was educating me to things I hadn't really understood before. It's important to note that the upbeat music of Baron Stancroix plays during all of those scenes. So although these scenes do deal with somber topics, they aren't so somber. Although the demonstrations interpret a reality that is rather grim, the music video is upbeat because these demonstrations are hopefully educating people with the hope for a better future. While the music video invokes law and education as being essential to eradicate sexism, Balance is an overall comedic event, as you can tell so far. It features scenes where the male students of the academy have to run while wearing fake boobs so that they can understand what it feels like to be a woman. One scene features a shot of Angele lying on the grass with her arms behind her head, leaving her armpits exposed. And as she smiles and sings, va te faire encudé, or almost encudé, as we talked about last time. Two hands enter the frame from either side of her and place hair on her armpits. In this scene, Angele pokes fun at the sexist expectation of women to shave their armpits in order to be ladylike and proper. Although the video is lighthearted and comedic, just like the song, it brings to light serious problems that people face due to gender inequality. It magnifies the issues of sexual harassment and sexual violence, pay inequality, chauvinism, mental charge, along with other sexist norms, all of which are serious circumstances that women are fighting against every day. The comedic delivery makes this these situations easier to fathom, So it kind of helps women to band together, to cope, but it doesn't remove the gravity of the situation. In fact, I think the comedic delivery makes people more willing to listen and more willing to understand the problems of gender inequality and sexism. This is even more, I don't know, of the Trojan horse thing that I was talking to you guys about last week. So the music video ends with a scene where Pierre Nene's character is talking to a group of people while wearing his purple Feminist in Training shirt. And and let's please note that he is a, a man wearing a Feminist in Training shirt. Everybody can be a feminist. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. So in this scene, he says, what you have to understand is that when a girl says no, we can believe that it actually means no. This last scene, gives the audience hope, the same hope that Anja wants to convey with her phrase balance ton quoi." Earlier in the video, Nini's character could not understand the message that no means no. He really couldn't understand it. He just was really having a hard time. But here, at the end of this video, he's spreading the exact message that he had a hard time understanding earlier on. So even if this is like the smallest step in the right direction, it gives Our audience. It gives the audience hope that people who are sexist now will not be sexist forever as long as they are educated. So have you ever dug that deeply into a music video before? Have you ever unpacked all of those details behind the creation of it, behind the symbols, behind what you're seeing? I mean, I've definitely heard people criticize that type of interpretation as like killing the fun of it all. Sometimes all you really need is just to watch the music video and experience that moment and not put this much effort into studying it. But I really enjoy it because I get to learn so much from it and I get to see a perspective about this music that I might not have understood otherwise. So, this is our second to last episode on Angel. Next week will be our last episode on on Angel and then after that we'll move on to our study of Sheila. So next week you're going to get to learn all about Angel's public performances of this song, which will give insight to public opinion of the music video, of the performances of the song, and it'll also give you insight into how she's interpreted, interpreted it over the years and how it has evolved with each performance, and you'll also get to understand the size of the audience that she's reaching and the impact of her music on the movement. So I'm really excited for that, so get ready for that. And thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's podcast. I hope that you're enjoying everything so far. And I really look forward to talking to you next week on episode eight. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.